offer to the Lord this morning. Come on, let's thank him for being the one and true and living God. Let's thank him for being a saving God. For he's the God of a breakthrough. He's the God that does any and everything. Hallelujah. We thank you for being in Christ-centered church this morning. And we want this morning, we want this whole entire morning to be something different. We want you to experience God in a different way. So we ask that you set your mind and set your heart and be ready to receive what God is ready to give you. Hallelujah. Just know that whatever you put out is what you're going to get back. Come on, who's ready for the downpour? Who's ready for the downpour? I know I'm ready for a downpour. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're ready for a downpour. Let it fall fresh. Let it fall fresh on us. We're ready for revival. Let it fall fresh. Let it fall fresh on us. It's coming down. It's pouring out. The time is now. We need the rain. Everybody sing. We need the rain. Sing. We
Somebody put your hands together in this place if you truly want the rain to fall in this place this morning. We're inviting them here this morning. Hallelujah. Pour out your rain. Have your way in this place, Jesus. We need you to have your way in us this morning. Fill us with your glory. Fill us with your power. We need you in this place. We invite you here this morning, Lord.
Hallelujah. 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 If we're able to clap, just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. We want the Lord to have his way in our service this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 amen. We want to take this time out this morning to welcome everyone to Christ Center Church this morning. We're so glad to have everyone here to worship the Lord with us. We're truly serving an awesome God, and we're so glad that you joined us in worship this morning. Amen. We pray before the service is concluded this morning, the Lord will bless us this morning. Amen. Whatever our needs are will be fulfilled this morning. Amen. Because we're serving the God that is able. Amen. Hallelujah. So at this time, we're going to go into prayer at this time. We want the Lord to continue to have his way in our service. Amen. And if there's anyone with any special prayer request, you can raise your hand. We'll touch and agree with you as you pray this morning. Look around. There's hands going up this morning. We're going to pray that the Lord have his way in our service this morning. And we're praying this morning. Amen. Don't forget to keep Brother Josh walking here prior as you pray this morning. And whatever's going on in this battle, the Lord will touch him this morning. Praise God. And that the Lord will bless us this morning in this place. Amen. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we continue to worship the Lord. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for the presence, your presence that is in this place this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for your glory. We thank you, Lord God, for your power, Lord God, in this place. Father God, as we pray, Lord God, this morning, we ask you to have your way in this service this morning. Oh God, have your way among us, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will touch us individually. Oh God, touch us collectively, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for everyone that raised their hands this morning. That whatever their needs are this morning, oh God, whatever's going on in their body, Lord God, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, or financial, we pray and ask you, Lord God, to touch every person in this place this morning. Touch them from the crown of their head, oh God, to the sole of their feet. Let your healing virtue move upon every person in this place like never before. Oh God, we ask you to have your way. Oh, have your way among us this morning. Oh, God, we give you all the glory this morning. We give you all the honor this morning. For you are worthy to be praised. Speak to our hearts and our minds this morning. I pray that someone will make up in their mind to get baptized in your name. Someone will make up in their mind to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning. We give you glory, hallelujah. We give you all the honor, Lord God. As we worship in this place, oh God, we ask you, Lord God, to move like never before. Transform us. Oh God, have your way among us. We give you praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And can we just give the Lord another round of applause as we continue to worship the Lord? In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. Is there anybody that's looking for a breakthrough, a breakthrough in their mind, a breakthrough in their heart? Hallelujah. We believe the Lord can break through this morning. How about we put our hands together? We're going to praise Him. We're going to praise Him for the breakthrough. Let's praise Him. Put your hands together.
put your hands together in this place. Clap your hands. Think you are.
You are the God of the praise. Through in my worship, praise through in my praise, praise through when I live and glorify your name. Praise through when I dance, praise through when I shout. You are the God. You are the God of the praise. Through in my heart, praise through. When I live, you are the God. So pray through, 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 pray pray through, Jesus Christ. Thank you for just being so dedicated, being online every time to participate in our service. And I want to greet the members here 
all who are here this morning. I want to greet you in the name of Jesus also. We thank you for coming out this morning to worship with us. We're going to just ask you this morning to um, just go around and greet for about a minute or two. I'm just going to ask you to stand and just greet everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. Greet everyone. Amen. going to ask um, at this time, <clears throat> while we remain seated, if we have any first time, second, second time, or third time guests, visitors that are visiting with us, I'm just going to ask you to stand so we can acknowledge you this morning. If you could just stand, we just want to acknowledge you. God is good all the time. I want to point out to 
um, the men, there's a sign on the door to my right, your left. That's our, our restroom. You go through there to get to our restroom. And the ladies, of course, it's in the front until we have proper construction, you know. Amen. Amen. It's offering time. Amen. All right, let me do that again. It's offering time. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to ask you at this time to stand while we um, pray over the offering. We have instructions on our um, notice board here how to go about giving. Amen. Just remember when you fill out those envelopes, just make it clear exactly where you want it to go. Amen. And our REACH program, it is still in effect. So you can continue to fill out that uh, the REACH envelope. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for everything. We thank you, O oh God, for blessing us. We thank you for your hand constantly over us, keeping us and guiding us. Lord, it is you that went before us and guided us here, Lord. But our journey, it has not ended. Lord, I pray, O oh God, that now you will give us that burning desire for souls, O oh God. You give us that desire to reach your people. As the scripture says in Matthew 28, 19, make disciples. Lord Jesus, I pray that we look at each and every one of us that we come across as souls, souls to be saved. Lord, bless us, O oh God, and keep us. And Lord Jesus, whatever we have heard, whatever we have studied, I pray that you would bring it back to our memory, O oh God, at the appointed time, Lord Jesus, because winning souls are very important, Lord Jesus. Lord, bless those who have to give this morning. I pray your hand will be upon them. Keep them and continue to bless them. And make a way for those who don't have to give this morning. So they can be a blessing to your kingdom. We ask it is mercies in the name of Jesus Christ. And we say amen. Follow the instructions of your ushers this morning. The ushers will direct you how you are to when, when you are to come up to give your offering. Amen.
now let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on, if you're grateful this morning that Jesus loves you more than anything else, it's more than you can ask or think or even imagine how much the Lord loves you. Oh, I thank you for loving me, for loving us. We didn't deserve it, but he loved us anyhow. He showed us love. No matter what we have done, God is still here to say, I love you, my child. I love you, my child. He wants us to know he takes care of the birds. He takes care of the fields and the trees. It's Almighty God that's in control of all things. He's sovereign and He takes care of it all. But we, as His children, who are God-breathed and God-made, He says, more than anything else, I love you, I chose you, and I will sustain you. I serve an awesome God, the true and living God. You serve an awesome God, the true and living God. He's enough. If you've got Jesus this morning, he's enough. It doesn't matter what the struggle may be. Jesus is enough. It doesn't matter the mountain that is in front of you. Jesus is enough. It doesn't matter how long you've been struggling and going through a situation. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is enough. He is enough. He's more than enough. you have. He wants you to know who he is. He wants you to know what he can do. It's more than you ask or think. I can imagine. According to his power. Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? There's a scripture in the Bible that says the Lord tabernacle in the praises of his people. And our praise and worship team has invited you to, to come down to the front when we start to worship with us. Let me incentivize you why you need to come down. And we just worship here together. Because the Lord tabernacles in the praises of his people. Watch this. Sometimes you're looking and you see the people that are praising back here losing their minds. And you're wondering what is going on up there. We're okay out here because they're praising 
and God don't have a a choice but to just move on them as they begin to sing and praise. If you want God to move on you, you're going to have to step out of your pews and come right down here and say, God, here I am. I praise you. I worship you. I honor you. You are my Jehovah Jireh. The Lord that supplies. The Lord who provides. The Lord who saves. The Lord who blesses. The Lord who delivers. The Lord who heals.
exceeding and abundant above whatever you can ask or think. I'm here to tell you, church, if you are serious about God, you're getting ready to see a mighty move of God in your life and through your life if you're serious about Him. If you're ready to go to a new dimension in Christ, all you got to do is stick right here. Stay right here. Stay right here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 12. If you will continue standing with me, the word of the Lord says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation. Actually, let me say that again. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the gathering of the body of Christ in this location. Lord, as we submit our mind to you, our life to you, we want you to continue to overshadow us by your spirit, Lord. For it's not by might nor by power, not by our power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. Lord, we want your will to be done. Will you break the invisible chains that have us bound? Will you set the captives free, even those that don't even know they're captives? Oh God, will you break up the fallen grounds of our hearts that the word of God can take root and grow and produce good fruit? I pray, Lord, that you will move us by your spirit today, that there will be revelation and understanding, that, Lord, you will give us clear direction to go and do the will of God. Help Help us to stand firm, oh God, in your word and not be moved, Lord God. I pray your blessings upon your people. Will you anoint me and use me as your oracle to speak the word of truth, to move in your spirit? Will you manifest your presence by the demonstration of your power? Signs and wonders, Lord God, let it flow and let your will be done. We give you praise. We give you honor, Lord, for we want your will to be done. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We welcome our online congregation. We're so always grateful to know we're joined together virtually as well as physically. God is so good. He's been kind to all of us. He's better to us than we can ever be to ourselves. And even when we don't understand that God is working in our lives, he is working in our lives. I would like to speak to you today on this topic, the spirit-empowered life. The spirit-empowered life. There is the spirit-empowered life as well as the flesh-empowered life. I'll say that again. There is the spirit-empowered life as well as the flesh-empowered life. I'm going to venture out a little bit to say also there is a devil-empowered life. We don't like to hear that, but there are people that are living their life empowered by Satan. It really does exist. Now, I don't believe anybody in here today is living a life that's empowered by Satan, but there may be some of us that are empowered by our flesh. 
The new birth is not the end, but the beginning, beginning of a new spiritual life, which will culminate when the Lord comes for his church and lead us into eternal life. On this journey, we must not live according to the flesh, our old sinful nature, but according to the Spirit of God. <laughs> the Spirit-empowered life means to, to, to have the abiding presence of the Holy Ghost living inside of us. It means to be led by the Spirit. It means to walk in the Spirit, meaning live in the Spirit, and to fulfill the desires of the Spirit instead of the lust of the flesh. God's desire is that you fulfill the desires of the Spirit of God and not fulfill the lust of your flesh. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 13, it says, For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Can I tell you this, church? You, you have heard me say this many times. Some of you may not have, but many of you have. And guess what? We cannot continue to live a Christian life and tell people or tell ourselves, I just felt like. That's your flesh. When you say you just feel like, it better be according to the word of God. Because if you just feel like and it's contrary to the word of God, you're living by the flesh. And the Bible says if we live by the flesh, we will die. We want to be empowered by the Spirit of God. we got to get out of our feelings. It's okay. God didn't give us feelings for us to ignore them. So you will be hurt. Your feelings will be hurt. But you got to say to yourself, God, just touch me and help me to keep going because I need to be empowered by the Spirit of God and not by my fleshly desires. My flesh will destroy me, kill me, and take me away from God. The Holy Spirit enables us to put to death. Watch this. The Bible says mortify the deeds of the body. The Holy Spirit enables us to put death, the sinful nature, to, to kill the sinful nature, the deeds of the flesh. As we yield our members, our body to the Spirit, He applies to us and in us the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He puts to death the things of the flesh. He reproduces the things of the Spirit in our life. And so if we allow the Spirit of God to, to just have free course in our life, the, the things of the Spirit will be produced in our life, and the things of the flesh will be mortified in our life. Galatians 6 and 8 says, For he that soweth to, to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Here we go again. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We have to figure out how to let the Spirit work in our life that the flesh will not have preeminence, that the flesh will not dominate in our life. Look at your neighbor and tell them, slow down. That's one way of allowing the Spirit to work in your life. Slow down. Well, what does that have to do with anything, preacher? Because when, when, when your flesh gets disturbed, 
you're quick to respond. We know how to respond when we get hurt. But if we will slow down and take our time, by the time you recognize your feelings just got hurt, you will have time to give it over to the Spirit. But if you keep on just, just, just being energized by your flesh, what will happen is you will have the, the quick comebacks. All of y'all with the quick comebacks ate by the Spirit. The Bible says be quick to hear. So I'm in the word. I'm in the word. I didn't go nowhere. I'm in the word. Be quick to hear. Slow to speak. And if you're quick to respond, ain't the spirit. Slow down. Let the spirit direct you. Let the spirit help you. Somebody could have hurt your feelings. And the only way you're going to get your feelings back right is when the spirit of God helps you to get it back right. Nobody else can get your spirit right. Only the spirit of God can get your spirit right. In Philippians 2, in verse 4 through 11, right before we pick up in verse 12, Paul had just presented Jesus Christ as our great example. In the exercise of the submissive mind, we read in, that, in those texts and we agree with it. But how do we go about practicing it? Mm. How could any mortal man ever hope to achieve what Jesus Christ achieved? It seems almost presumptuous to even try. Here we are trying to develop humility and exercising obedience to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. To many of us, it seems absurd. And so here we are. You always hear me preach and other people preach and the Bible tells us we need to imitate Christ. If we want to live the life that is pleasing unto him and to have everlasting life, we need to imitate Christ. Listen to me carefully. This is three things that I wrote down that I believe the Holy Spirit just dropped in my, my, my mind to share with you. For some of you who are born again, you never did try to imitate Christ. You just try to be a Christian to the best of your ability. I'll say that again. For some of you who are born again, you never did try to imitate Christ. You just try to be a Christian to the best of your ability. Now, I'll give you a little escape. Maybe you weren't being discipled the right way, and that's why you're doing that, because you didn't know any better. Nevertheless, that's still the outcome. For others, after they were born again, they tried to imitate Christ but stop trying because they have led themselves to believe it's impossible to be like Jesus. So you just abandon ship. I'll keep going to church. I'll keep reading the Bible, but ain't nobody going to be able to be like Christ. They talking crazy. Jesus is God manifesting flesh. We ain't God, so it only makes sense. So some of you started out understanding you need to imitate Christ, but you have abandoned ship. Then there are some of us that since we have been born again, we have been trying, don't make us act like we're more spiritual than anybody else. We said we are trying to imitate Christ and while we have not yet come into full obedience of Christ, we will never stop trying to imitate him and to be like him. 
Don't stop trying. Be, don't stop trying to be like Jesus. Don't give up on trying to be like Jesus. You just keep on doing everything the Word tells you to do. Everything the Spirit moves you to do. Just keep on pushing forward to be like Jesus. Because if you leave it up to the flesh, the flesh is going to tell you no sense of trying. It's, it's not attainable. As individuals, let me say this, our life in Christ has a collective and individual dimension. Our life in Christ has a collective and individual dimension. Okay, what do I mean by that? As individuals, we are responsible for pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ. Trusting him by imitating his life and obeying his word. No one can do this for us. Nobody can imitate Christ for you. Nobody can obey Christ for you. Nobody can be Christ-like for you. That's all up to you. We can't ask anybody to do that for us. No one can do this for us. We must also be bonded together with the body of Christ, the church, through love, submission, and support. We're responsible for that. We have the ability to do that. The Christian life is not a series of ups and downs. I've said this before. It is rather a process of ins and outs. God work in And we work out. You're not by yourself. You're not doing this on your lonesome. I know your brothers and sisters are with you and they're praying for you. That's good. But the most important thing for us to realize as Christians are that we have the Lord Jesus Christ working in our life. And if we will trust him, this walk with God will not seem impossible. It will not seem to be harder than what we have made it out to be because we have the Spirit of God working on our behalf. Work out your own salvation. That does not suggest you work for your own salvation because you cannot... You cannot have your own salvation. No, you can't, you can't do enough work to obtain salvation. Listen to me. The Lord Jesus wants to get the best out of your life. But that requires the Holy Ghost working in us and through us along with us doing godly deeds. It's a partnership. It's individual and it's collective. So between your efforts, the church that you belong to, and the power of God's spirit, we can do this together. It's not impossible. The purpose God wants us to achieve is Christ-likeness, to be conformed to the image of his son. There are problems in life, yes, I understand, but God will help us. To work them out. We don't have to work them out on our own. We're making our problems be our problems. When Jesus said, cast your care upon me. Didn't he say that? 
So why do we walk around with all these care and trying to, you know, we come through stressed out and, you know, all of this stuff. And even in our conversations, we can tell the conversations is coming from a place of stress. And, you know, we always feel pressured and we're not realizing that the Lord says, if it's that much of a pressure, why don't you just throw that my way? Our lives have tremendous potential, like a mine or a field, but in order for those potential to be realized, things must be worked out of us. <laughs> we are not to be cheap imitations of other people, especially great Christians. Some of us, we have favorite preachers, favorite Christians. We're not supposed to imitate them. Now, if they have behaviors that are Christ-like, then you can imitate that. And the, the, the truth is, if they're imitating Christ and you're imitate, imitating what they're imitating, then you're imitating Christ. But you can't get locked in personalities. A lot of us, get, we, have, we have personalities that get us. And I'm not telling you that, uh, you know, we, we don't relate to people that, that's kind of like us. And so it's easy to say, wow, you know, I appreciate what they're saying because they see things the way we do. But the main thing you need to see in people is the behavior of Christ. It's, it's, it's the attributes of Christ. That's what you need to recognize in people more than anything else. Not the great personalities. The Lord Jesus did not save us and leave us to figure out what's next and how to complete the journey of the Christian life. No, he has given us his word. He has made his spirit accessible to us that he may work in us and through us. He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. However, we have chosen to forsake him in many instances. He will never leave us nor forsake us. The question is, do we do it? Let me tell you this. Own this if this is you. Every once in a while you come to a place in your life where you tell Jesus to just wait on the sidelines because you got to do this. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I just know that ever so often as Christians... We get to the place where we know we deliberately put the Lord to the side so we can do whatever we got to do. But I need to bring it to your attention let you know, don't put him to the side. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to save you. He came so you can live the spirit-empowered life. And when you put him to the side, all you can live is the flesh-empowered life. Anytime Jesus is on the sidelines of your life, you are in your flesh. And the Bible says if we live by the flesh, we will die. But if we live by the Spirit, we will have life and have it more abundantly. Life everlasting is what it says. The principle Paul lays down is this. God must work in us before he can work through us. The principle is seen at work. Throughout the Bible, in the lives of men like Moses, David, the apostles, and others, God had, had a special purpose for each man to fulfill. And each man was unique and not an imitation of somebody else. For example, it took God 40 years 
to bring Moses to the place where he could use him to lead the people of Israel. Don't you think that God had established what our purpose was before we were born? Every one of us that is born, God created our purpose before he created us. So when we come out in the womb, we already have purpose according to God. But as much as we love Moses, it took Moses 40 years before he get to his prayer. You think God wanted to wait 40 years? The children of Israel was in bondage for over 400 years. You think if Moses would have answered the call and, and got his life together a little quicker, it, 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 that could have been 40 years less? <laughs> and so, as Moses tended sheep, during those 40 years, God was working in him so that one day he might work through him. God is more interested in the workman or workwoman than in the work itself. We get caught up in the work and forget. This is why the song, Jireh, you are enough. If he loves us, if he takes care of the lilies and the trees and, and the grass, how much more? Because he loves us. God cares more about you than anything else. And unfortunately, we miss the mark all the time and let things become more important than people. When people are what it's all about. Man, we missed the mark. How many of us here today have things in our mind that has nothing to do with people? And the blessings of God in people's life. And we're going sideways because we're worrying about things. Things. Do you want things, preacher? I do. But I've realized, again, you've been in this church, you've heard me say this. When you get intertwined with God, that's when he will give you abundance of things. Because what it means is he can trust you with the things now. Because now the things will not take the place of God in your life. So if you're wondering, what am I saying? I'm not telling you I don't want things. But I've learned that God wants to give us things once we become intertwined with him, when once we become close to him, where he becomes first and at the center of our life, when that happens, then God is ready to give you things because now, believe me when I tell you, having a lot of things become a nuance. And so you, I got to get rid of this. It's too much. Because you will know it's too much because it starts getting your focus off of the main thing. But you only can know that if God is the main thing. So God will give you things, but you can't make things be more important than God and people. Ephesians 3 and 20, it says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all that we ask or think, watch this, according to the power that worketh in us. And so, I'll move forward and take this home to what I'm talking about today. The spirit-empowered life. Let me give you a commercial break.
Well, you got to get commercial break. Y'all notice on your phone and on TV, they give you commercial break. Commercial break. Yesterday, my family and I went up to, well, Friday, we went up to Connecticut. Brother Dibble celebrated um, their 25th anniversary. Their church had been in existence 55 years. His, his dad pastored it um, for most of those 55 years, for, the, for um, the 30 years, and Brother Dibble pastored it um, for the past 25 years, so 55 years. And so he invited us up, and a few other pastors, as I said, it probably was about six pastors, and then the rest was his congregation. And the reason why he invited the pastors were people that was his friends, people that he was close to and connected to. And so he invited us, and we all went, and it was a great time, enjoyed it, wonderful. But his son, Blake, went up, and Blake was just giving an example. He says, all who grew up in church raised their hand, and they raised their hand, and he says, Man, growing up in church, you realize Christians were liars. Growing up in church, you realize Christians were two-faced. Then he says, the preacher or the praise singers. The preacher preaching, he talking about five more minutes and I'll be done. He lied. Because he went over five minutes. The praise singers. One more time. Singing the chorus. They lied because they sung the chorus over and over. More than one more time. Then he says. My mom would have us in the car. You know Sister Deanna Dibble is the sweetest person around right. Then he said. My mom would have us in the car. Just going off on us. And giving us the, 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 the business. And then she'd go in church and like. Praise the Lord everybody. He, he said two faced it. But then, but then, but then, as slick as Blake is, he cleaned up real good. He said, that's what you see as children. But as you grew up a little bit more, you realize the preacher that said five more minutes, he can't help it when the Spirit of God moved him to preach longer than five minutes. So he intended to preach five more minutes, but the Holy Ghost made him preach longer. He said the praise singers talking about one more time and they kept on going. You know why? Because they were singing and they saw the spirit of the Lord moving on a couple of people and the spirit is taking control of somebody. So instead of them stopping the song, they just kept on going because they wanted God to keep working. And so they kept singing. They didn't lie. They were just allowing the spirit of God to move them. Then the two-facedness. He said... My mom had to give us the business because we were not right. We were bad kids. And she gave us the business. But when she went inside the church, those people weren't bad. Those people didn't do anything to my mom. So why was she supposed to give them the business just like she gave us the business? So she wasn't being two-faced. She was giving us what we deserve and giving those people what they deserve. That's a kid that grew up in church. Oh, man, I enjoyed that place yesterday. I said, Blake, you good, man. That's a kid that grew up in church. Too many Christians obey God only because of pressure on the outside and not power on the inside. When we surrender to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ within us, then obedience becomes a delight and not a battle. Obedience is a battle to so many of us when it's supposed to be a delight. 
As God speaks to you, as God draws you, you're supposed to be excited. And it's supposed to be a delight to say, yes, Lord, yes. The power that must work in us is the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 21, verse 24, verse 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. God is telling us the power was coming. In Acts chapter 8, verse number 8, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Acts chapter 6, verse 8 says, and Stephen, or should I say, because Miss, Miss, um, Miss, Miss Stephenson is here, so I'm going to call him Stephen today. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. How do you think he did the great signs and wonders among the people? The word power is deutimous. It is miraculous power, supernatural ability, and strength. Our English word energy comes from the word translated work it. It is God's divine energy at work in us and through us. The same spirit that empowered Christ when he was ministering on earth can empower us to do the same. You're quiet. But we must recognize the fact that the energy of the flesh and of the devil are also at work because the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, divine energy is available to us. We're not afraid of the devil and we are not going to bow to the flesh because the power of the Spirit is available to us that we can overcome, that we can conquer, and that we can thrive to live for Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. The power of the Holy Spirit is here, but we must allow him to fill us, work in us, and work through us. It is not enough for us to have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must have us too. Only then can we share with, only then can we share with us the abundant, victorious life that can be ours in him. We have no obligation to the flesh because the flesh has only brought trouble into our life. Amen. I can, anybody, anybody else? Any, amen. The flesh only brings trouble. Amen. Let me mess with some of y'all. Y'all know somewhere along the road in your life you had picked up somebody that they was just trouble. God didn't pick them up for you. You picked them up yourself. And they were trouble. That's why you ain't with them today because they was trouble. And so when you picked them up, that was the work of the flesh. And now that you're in church, I'm telling you, you can't bow to that flesh. You can't give in to that flesh. The flesh wants to destroy you. The flesh wants to ruin you. The flesh wants you to not be saved. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. Jesus wants you to be empowered by his spirit that you don't bow to the flesh. 
that you don't give in to the devil, but that you will speak God's word and says, Oh God, I declare your word because your word is my weapon. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us all. Listen to me. Because Christ is the spirit of life, he can empower us to obey his word and enable us to be more like him. Anybody want to be more like Jesus? Anybody want to be more like Jesus? It's not impossible to be more like Jesus. It's not impossible to be a real Christian. It's not impossible to overcome all the obstacles and all of the things that are trying to prevent you from being who God called you to be. God's divine power is released in our lives through his inspired word. So can I tell you this? If you don't get nothing I'm saying here today, start reading the word of God. Start meditating on the word of God. As a matter of fact, why don't you start reading the book of Acts on your own, on your own time, on your own leisure. Start reading the book of Acts and watch how the Spirit of God empowered men of God and women of God to be able to overcome the devil and to be able to overcome the flesh. Church, we need to overcome the devil. We need to overcome our flesh. We need to live a Spirit-empowered life and not a life that is being drawn down and weary down by our flesh and by the influence of the devil. I thank God for all that he's done in our church. I preached not too long ago, thankful, but not satisfied. Yes, I'm thankful, but I'm not satisfied. I need to see people being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I need to see the power of God being demonstrated in this church. I'm thankful for all that God has done. But I'm not satisfied. Because some of the things that need to happen to get us to be victorious is the work of the Spirit and not our work. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We have a responsibility to get into the Word of God. Because if we start reading the Word of God and taking the Word of God, we will see the manifestation of the power of God. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Listen to me. The Word of God is unique. It is inspired by God himself. It is authoritative and it is infallible. You know what that means? It cannot be wrong. It's perfect. It has authority and it is inspired. God breathed. If we do not appreciate the word, then God's power cannot energize our life. We need to appreciate the word. We need to hold on to the word and not just store up knowledge of the word, but we need to live out the word. We're storing information, knowledge in our mind. We have become a reservoir instead of a river. That's what we're living like as Christians. Reservoir. Can't wait to teach and tell people about God. But guess what? We ourselves aren't living out this thing and letting God flow through us. We can't be reservoirs. We need to be rivers. We need to flow. We need to let God flow through us. 
not reservoirs. Rivers. Somebody say river. Uh huh. Too many Christians, too many Christians are trying to do this living for God on their own strength. You're not required to live for the Lord Jesus by your own efforts only. Do you need to put effort in? Yes, you do. But God didn't require you to do it all on the strength of your ability. You don't have enough ability to be saved. You don't have enough ability to be saved. If God left us to ourselves after we are born again of the water and say, now live for me so you can get to heaven, we will not make it. The only way we're going to make it is by the works that we do and by the works of the Spirit of God in our life. So you can do as much as you can do and it will not be enough. We need the work of the Spirit in our life. We need to allow the Spirit of God to have access. We need to let the Spirit of God work. Many times I've told people about the infilling of the Holy Ghost and they say to me, Ah, we, we get so concerned about how the Spirit of God is going to work in our life. And guess what? From the mere fact that you are concerned about how the Spirit of God is going to work in your life, you put yourself in a tough position for the Spirit of God to infill you. Because God, that, He's not interested in you figuring out how He works. We want to know how God works. God is not interested in you knowing how He works. He just wants you to know He works. So how does it work when he fills us with his spirit and we begin to talk in tongues? I don't know. We don't know that. We don't know how all that work. But I'm not going to be concerned about trying to figure out how that work. I just know he says he will fill us with his spirit. And if we make ourselves available to him and be receptive to his word and his spirit, he will fill us with his spirit. We will talk with tongues and we will be the Spirit of God will abide in us and we will be able to overcome and thrive. And so, we're not here to do this on our own. Living for the Lord certainly requires plenty of effort on our part. However, it requires a great work of the Holy Ghost in us as well. As I was preparing this morning to come and minister, you worship the Lord, you pray, and you hope that God has given you everything that we need today. And as I'm doing that, and I'm meditating on the message that I knew I was to bring to you today, I'm going back and forth, thinking about it, meditating on it. And I feel like this was dropped in my spirit. I don't like to say God, 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 but I just know this is not the devil. The devil ain't going to tell me this. I was telling somebody this morning that there are some things you know that the devil won't tell you. So it might not be God, but we know it ain't the devil. Because the devil not going to tell you how to help somebody get saved. It just won't. <laughs> but what I was thinking about, because I knew what I had studied and what I had gone over, was, Lord... How will the Spirit of God work in our life? What's preventing the Spirit of God from working in our life? 
And here is what I feel like the Lord dropped in me. One word. Humility. Humility. If the Spirit is going to work in our life, we're going to have to be humble people. Now, I'm not telling you because I know God, and God can work through anybody or anyone. He can do whatever he wants. But I'm talking about we as the body of Christ, we as this local assembly want to see God do some great things. And my prayer was, Lord, how do we, what do we need to do to see the Spirit of God work in our life? And the thought was humility. Humility is essential for the Spirit of God to flow in our life. What is humility? Humility is a freedom from arrogance, but watch this, that grows out of recognition of who the Lord God is. So some of us could move around and say we're humble and we might have an, what we might perceive as an aura of humility. Don't mean you're humble. One of the things that used to annoy me when I was in my early Christian walk is some of the guys that come around and say, hey God, hey brother, God bless you. Man, good to see you. And I'm saying, why are you talking low? And, 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 and I've met a lot of people that think by talking low, you're humble. Please. And when you're home, you're just a tegareg in the house. But you're talking low when you're out in public to perceive like you are humble. That's not humility. You become humble when you recognize who God is. And when you recognize who God is, you realize who you are. Because you realize I'm only here because of him. You realize the abilities that I have is because of him. You realize if he don't do it, I can't do it. That's how you get humility is from recognition. Not from saying it with your mouth. But doing what you know about him. And so we're not seeing the spirit of God flow in our life enough. Because we're not humble. And we need to be humble. Let me give you an easy one. If I say, let's come to the altar. And you don't come. What do you think that is? It might not be arrogance, but it means your flesh is in control. Didn't we just clear up that whole flesh and spirit thing? So it might not be arrogance, but it might be you saying, ah, I'm uncomfortable. I'm, I'm giving you the bailout, but I'm still telling you it's still wrong. Ah, I'm uncomfortable going up. You just said you are uncomfortable. You have just put yourself ahead of God. So that's what we're doing, and we don't realize it. So when I say humility, that's part of it. Because when you know and acknowledge who he is, you realize that that dude that's standing up there, he might be regular like me, but right now he's under the inspiration of the power of God and the spirit of God and the word of God, and God is speaking through him. So you know what? If he's saying something, then God is speaking it. I better just do what God says. That's what it just come down to. Regular dude. But when I'm here standing in the presence and the power of God's authority, 
Guess what? God is speaking. So if I say come, it means come. God is calling you. And if you decide that you're going to stay right where you are, you're obeying your flesh. And flesh don't reproduce the things of the spirit. The Holy Spirit must empower our life for us to be, a vic- to be victorious and have eternal life. Without the Holy Spirit, we will not be able to have eternal life. The Holy Spirit must empower us. And so I'm calling upon us today to say, surrender your life to God. Just, just be free. Knowledge, it shouldn't be this way, but again, it's probably humility. But knowledge should not be a curse to you. But unfortunately, I feel like it it has become a curse to so many of us. What do you mean by that, preacher? When I got into church, and probably even way before me, we were just dumb enough to do everything the preacher told us. (laughs) See, I just called myself dumb. I didn't, I didn't call y'all dumb because y'all smart. I was dumb enough to do whatever the preacher said because I didn't know nothing. I mean, I knew the streets, but I didn't know nothing else. And so when the preacher preached, oh, yeah, okay, all right, okay. I thought I could be Superman when I heard the preacher preach because he was telling me about what God can do through me. I just, I just believed everything. But we fast forward to 2023. And man, we're so smart that we can dissect everything that the preacher's saying now. That we know everything that the preacher's saying and we know if he off or he not off. We know if he's in the word or he's not in the word. And so we decide if we're going to listen to him or not. It's so bad nowadays. There's some people in their church and they live stream in some other service. But we was dumb enough to just listen to our pastor. If he told us we can climb a tree. And get the Holy Ghost when we get to the top. We climb the tree waiting for the Holy Ghost to come. When we first started church, we had what we call 4 a.m. prayer. I don't know if we started out at 4 a.m. No, no, no. Hold on. I think the original, I don't know if the original time was 5 a.m. It was 5 a.m., right? So the original prayer time that we had scheduled that we would meet at the building, we would pray at 5 a.m. every day. We were so crazy, we was racing to get there first. So somebody would come 3.15. We would come at 3.15, 3.30, 3.45. What was that? The man said 5 o'clock. But all of a sudden, here we come. Because we were just crazy to believe anything. We believe when you got up early and prayed, you was going to touch heaven. And so we did it. I don't know what's going on today. If we allow the spirit to empower us, we will experience signs, wonders, and miracles. And so if we today will hear the word of the Lord, And let the Spirit of God take charge in our life. 
we will experience signs and wonders. In Acts chapter 2, verse 43, I didn't give you all that, so don't worry about it. The Bible says many signs, many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. It wasn't because the apostles had no power. It was the Spirit of God working through them. In Acts chapter 5, verse 12, the scripture says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And if you will stand with me as I give you this last text. Romans chapter 15, verse 18 says, For I will not dare to speak of any of these, those things, which Christ had not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. But watch this. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and round about Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. It is through the power of the Spirit that we will make this journey and complete it. It's not by just attending church services. It's not by just reading your Bible. It's not by just clapping your hands. It's not by just praying will we complete this journey that the Lord has taken us on. If we're going to experience eternal life, if we're going to make heaven our home one day, we're going to have to allow the Spirit of God to infill us and to empower us. We can't just make it just all of what we think we can do. It's not about our ingenuity, our intellect. It's not about our ability. God made it simple enough for us to obey the word of God. But now we have to yield and let the spirit of God work in our life. If you will just take a few moments, we're going to be done in five minutes. But if you will step out. Remember, I don't lie. That's what I just said according to my flesh. Five minutes just to give God the opportunity to flow in your life. Won't you step out of your seat and just give God the opportunity to flow in your life. We're praying that his spirit will empower us. We're praying that his spirit will move us and not just we use our ability. We want his spirit to work in us. I just don't want ability. I thank God for his ability that he has given us. I thank God for the knowledge that he has given us. But I know I can't do it without his spirit working in me. You can't do it without his spirit working in you. So how about we just yield to him? Forget about everything else. Just you and Jesus. Just forget about anybody else. If you want, just close your eyes when you're standing. Don't look at nobody. Just, just, just give your heart to the Lord today and say, God, I've heard your word. And you're not a God that you will lie. So why don't you do a work in my heart? Why don't you fill me with your spirit? Why don't you empower me by your spirit? Because if you don't do it, how else will I make it as a Christian? 
How else will I be victorious as a Christian if your spirit doesn't empower me? Because I know that I can't do it just on my ability. I can't do it according to my flesh. I can do what I can do, but even after I've done all that I can do, I still need you, Lord, to empower me. I still need you, Lord, to strengthen me. I still need you, Lord, to take me over the obstacle to help me to overcome my struggles. Oh, there's somebody here that's, that's going through a difficult time. You're struggling. You're struggling. But God brought you here today to tell you He will help you by His Spirit. Oh, God's Spirit is going to show up in your situation. God's Spirit is going to show up in your circumstance. And you're going to see that by God's Spirit. There's a word that says, not by might, nor by power, but by God's Spirit will He work in your situation. By God's Spirit will He do a work for you. Oh, the situation may look difficult. It may look impossible. But I'm here to tell you, God will make all things possible if you just give Him the access. Give Him access today. Give Him access today. In the name of Jesus. 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 Father, oh, He has come to rescue you. He says, you have always been on my mind. You are my child. You are my child. And I see you. I know your situation. I know everything about you. There is nothing that's going on with you that's hidden from me. Because I am God. And I see all things. I know all things. And I am omnipotent. I can do all things. I can heal you. I can deliver you. I can work in your situation that might seem impossible. I make impossible possible because I am God Almighty. I will work if you will let me. Oh, in the name of Jesus. If you will just let God, if you will just say thank you, Jesus, if you will just thank you right now, He says, You will see my power working in your situation. If you will just let me. I will do it. I will do it. I am God. I cannot fail. I cannot fail. In the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in this situation. Have your way in your life, Lord God.
want to live for him. You want to be saved. But you never took the step of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And you would like to do that today. You can be baptized today. God can remove all your sins. And you will be adopted into his kingdom. His name will be written upon your heart. The power of God will begin to move mightily in your life. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you'd like to do so, will you raise your hand? Anyone here today? Baptism tank is ready. Water is ready. It's nice and warm. Your sins can be washed away. You can start a new life in Christ. Is there anyone here today? Anyone? Brother Kelly, many of you close this out, please. Hallelujah. You still have time to be baptized if you'd like. In the name of Jesus. We want the hand of God to be upon her. She's going to have a procedure tomorrow. She's a child of God. We know God's will will be done. But we, as her brothers and sisters, we as the body of Christ, we're just praying that God's will be done and that she will experience God's touch and God's presence and that she can be a witness for him throughout this process. Father, in the name of Jesus, by your strike, by your strike, you've already received the strike for her healing. And we're praying for healing. Lord, you have total authority and power over the doctors and over every force that is around us. Will you work your work in her life that she may receive healing, wholeness, and Lord, the doctors, the nurses, every person that will be a part of this procedure, that they will be influenced, guided by your spirit. I pray that there will be a miraculous work of God in the OR, in the nursery station, all around the building, that there will be a glorious work of the power of God. Lord, whatever you do, you have purpose. Lord, we pray you reveal your purpose in this situation. Anoint her. That, Lord, she will go in and be completely whole, coming out, healed completely. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. From the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, we thank you for healing and wholeness. In the name of Jesus. Now let's thank the Lord today. In Jesus' name. Glory be to you, Lord Jesus. Oh, mighty God, have your way, Lord. Have your way in your people, oh, mighty Father. Lord, have your way. Have your way, Lord You are the healer. You are the great physician, Lord Jesus. You promised, Lord God, to send your word to heal. We need emotional, mental healing. She experienced multiple traumas in her life. Multiple traumas. And there's still some of these traumas that's still plaguing. 
the traumas is still a challenge for her. But we want God to touch her by his spirit today. And that once and for all, God will keep her mind. That the power of God will give her peace. Oh, I come against the spirit of the enemy. I come against every spirit that working against the spirit of God. That's trying to hinder you from your breakthrough. That's trying to hinder you from being who God called you to be. I speak peace over your life. I speak peace over your spirit. I speak peace in your heart in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for mental healing. I pray for emotional healing in the name of Jesus. Will you heal her? Will you make her whole? That God, she will no longer be captive to any situation. But Lord, that she will be free in the name of Jesus. That she will be healed and whole in the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way. Touch her in a special way by your miraculous touch and your miraculous power. Be healed. Be made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise is thy faithfulness, almighty God. Oh, Lord, we love you. Lord, we honor and adore you. Thank you, Lord God, for your word that came forth today, almighty God. Help us today, almighty Father, to understand that it is you that is working in us to will and to do for your good pleasure. Lord, we thank you for your sweet spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercies. Mighty God, we thank you, Almighty Father, for helping us to understand all the things that are written for our learning. Lord, we thank you, Almighty God, for sending the man of God today, for inspiring him today, Almighty God, to speak your word to your people. Touch the hearts and minds of your people today, Almighty God. Help us, Lord God, to continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of you. Help us to understand, Almighty God, that now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Lord God, open our hearts, open our understanding, Lord God. We ask in faith, Almighty God, that you cover us under the shadow of your wings. Give your angels charge over your people, Almighty Father. Help us, Almighty God, to be united. Help us to be in one accord at all all times, Almighty God. Lord God, help us to fulfill your joy by being like-minded. Oh, precious Savior, we ask in faith, Almighty God, that you help us to walk in the Spirit, that we might not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lord God, have your way in our hearts today, and let your perfect will be done. Almighty God, we give you all the honor, the glory, and the praise today, for you alone are worthy, Lord God. You alone are worthy. As we dismiss from this place, Almighty God, we ask that you go with us. Guide and keep us, Almighty Father, and help us to return another time to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that you alone are worthy to receive. Have your way, Lord, and let your perfect will be done. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the church say amen. Hallelujah. You are dismissed in the name of the Lord.